Welcome back to the Die Hard Minute. This is that show where all of your favorite Movies by Minutes hosts come along and we take a turn with a couple of weeks of the movie Die Hard from 1988. That one with Bruce Willis, directed by John McTiernan. That one you love. That Christmas movie that only now people are starting to realize is a Christmas movie. (laughs) I am one of your hosts from the Indiana Jones Minute. My name is Tom Taylor. I'm another one of your hosts from the Indiana Jones Minute. My name is Pete Mummer. I am the intern from the Indiana Jones Minute, Jerry Porter. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by a new guest, our friend Dave Pallas of Five Minutes of Mystery fame. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me on, and I just want to let you know, you're not in charge no more. (laughs) (laughs) Get out, Tommy. You heard him. I like Tom. Tom just went to shake your hand, and he had to do that thing where he rubbed it, he ran it through his hair. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like I have like toilet paper on my shoe from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Dave, are you in my place. Not anymore. You're, you're smoking a cigarette right now, aren't you, Dave? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! Well, as you can tell, we're here to talk about minute ninety-one of Die Hard, which begins with Dwayne Robinson introducing himself to agents uh, Johnson and Johnson, who could not care less. And it ends with McLean holding a gun to Hans's head. Okay, so right here at the very beginning, to kick us off, we have the LAPD deputy police officer. He introduces himself, you know, by saying, I'm Dwayne Robinson, LAPD. I'm in charge here. Actually, he's a little shaky. I'm in charge here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, what kind of name is Dwayne? Dwayne. Just what kind of? I, I may have even asked this before, but I still uh, here we are on our second installment, uh, further down the river of this movie, and <coughs> I, I don't. What is Dwayne short for? Dwayneold. I think Dwayne one <laughs> syllable is short for Dwayne two syllables. Dwayne. <laughs> well, it's just a strange name because I mean, look, you're Tommy, Tom. It's Thomas, and we have a Peter, yeah. and we have a David, and technically, I, I don't like it, but my name is Gerald. Hello, Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> but Dwayne, I don't know what to to do with the Dwayne, so I actually did a little bit of research on Dwayne. It was bugging <laughs> me. Dwayne is it's Gaelic, and it's derived from a Welsh saint who established an abbey in the 5th century uh, in Ireland. And hmm. uh, it, it actually, Tommy, you were right. You touched on this. It has many different spellings, and it means little dark one. Oh. oh. Which I think is appropriate to start off this minute. <laughs> <laughs> From up well, here, think- he's not in charge of Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's uh, Tom, I'm sorry. I cursed. I'm the first oh, one. Yeah, nobody heard it. It's I'm the right. bad guy. <laughs> it's hard. It's a well, scary I like this, movie. This, this reinforces uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's theory that there's always a bigger fish because he immediately gets supplanted by a, a bigger yeah. FBI, a bigger oh. agent. Genius. That's very good. You know, how long has Agent Johnson been using this not anymore line? Like, how? Like, is this, you know, when he had his first job, was it like, uh, you know, hi, I'd like to get a number four combo with a Diet Coke. <laughs> not anymore. Do you have cherry Coke? Not anymore. <laughs> is this, has he just been slinging this since the time he was 14? He actually, I watched that a lot. This, this just is not anymore. Is like, mm-hmm. uh, on the, uh, uh-huh. like at the first ten times you watch it, it's just one hundred percent stone face deadpan. Mm-hmm. But there's also you start to see just the barest hint of like him loving it. 
of him being like, mm-hmm. I love this part where I was sweet. I'm the FBI. <laughs> I just completely take over from local law enforcement. This is this is what I dream of. This is so great. <laughs> he um, does it beautifully. Okay. All right. Let's. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wind up. Let's. Let's. I'm gonna start this one off. Okay. Uh, I, I I do like the idea of him. Yeah, you know, you're saying like he's used to it because I I'm trying to think. It's probably what there's probably what three or four uh, Eastern European hostage situations by this point mm-hmm. in the in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is becoming yeah. way too common. Sure. <laughs> so I so you know when they say the terrorist playbook, it's yeah he's he's probably is think he is playing the same book, which is that's what Han's betting on. Um. I, I never I remember once in high school, um, there was an FBI agent who came for assembly. I do not know what the assembly is about because I had a trade class, and the teacher asked the administration if his students could stay in his class and take the test rather than go into the assembly. Aww. So I never actually got to see the assembly. Aww, man. Uh, all I know is some freshman asked the guy if he sharded once. It's, it's a waste of an <laughs> opportunity because I, as soon as I heard it, there was an FBI agent that was going to come to the school for some assembly. <laughs> I had at least 50 movie-related FBI oh, totally. questions, like, banked. And one of them was definitely related to this. But it was, it was like, literally, because I wanted to know. I was like, okay, I never met an FBI agent before. Do you and the police have lots of animosity? And when you watch action movies, like... Can you get over those scenes? And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a shame I never got wow, to ask that. Is that. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So are we going over the actors? I'm I'm ready. Oh sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Big Johnson, who has said that he is not the uh, Dwayne Robinson's not in charge anymore, uh, played by Robert Davi, uh, who is from Goonies that Tom doesn't care for. I love. You know what? I, that's, <laughs> that's not totally. Well, eh. Goonies is super <laughs> weird. Goonies is. So, I I kind I think I like Goonies, but I I shouldn't. It's it's such a weird movie. <laughs> there are a few mo- moments in that movie that are just actually really really good and funny, and actually most of them are short round. Shorty's really good in that movie. Yeah, yeah, Heck he's yeah. awesome. Uh, but I'm sorry. And so and then, and then, and then no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. No, I got. Don't worry, I got plenty more. <laughs> uh, Little Johnson, played by Grant L. Bush, um, who was another Joel Silver production at the time. He was in Lethal Weapon as Detective Boyette. Who he's the one that first uh, tells. Uh, um. Uh, uh. Hold on. Danny Glover's character, who is, I ever. I always remember who's uh, Murtaugh. Uh, Murtaugh. Yeah. He tells Murtaugh he's got a new partner, and he's the one who says, "Meet your new partner." Oh. So that's him. And both these guys were in License to Kill. I don't. I was remember, gonna say. Yeah. I don't remember Grant Owl Bush, but I obviously remember Davi because he was the main villain. For some reason, I just watched License to Kill recently, and uh, he's uh uh oh he's like a, he's like a, a Florida. Uh, Florida cop or like Florida FBI or something. He's like a good guy. He's like Davi. No, not Davi. No, the oh, other oh, one. Oh, 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 Grant Bush. Yeah, Grant? yeah, yeah. Okay, so that uh, that makes sense because because yeah, he can't, he's obviously not Felix Leiter. Felix was the other guy who got his leg bit off by the shark, and then Benicio del Toro was like, "We give your wife a nice honeymoon," which really <laughs> right. insinuates something that that Benicio del Toro did. Um. And then, yeah, then Davi is the drug dealer that mixes the cocaine and the gasoline. Um, not a horrible film, but I definitely think Tim- Timothy Dalton got the short end of the stick in history. I, I would have liked this. I would like to see one or two more of it. Bef- um, anyway, uh, back to the back on point. Back on point. Um, so, okay, these are the, most of the FBI guys I, stories I have. Um, I guess now that we've introduced them, I can I can do the 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 Western philosophy I got written down here. 
<laughs> that this is not only a Christmas movie, but it's also a Western movie at the same time. Because you have the white hat John McClane, mm. you have the black hat Hans, and you have the gray hats, the uh, FBI agents. Oh, I mm. like that. Mm. And, That's good. Yeah. And and so another reason why it's a Christmas movie, and this is like an amalgamation of like 40 different articles and videos I've seen over decades. But uh, so we have we have the rancher who uh, who didn't protect his family enough and they they grew away from him. So he's so he is uh, coming to try stake his claim that they're his family. Uh, he's trying to hold off foreign invaders. He's trying to push back against government intrusion. And at the end, both his 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 family realize they need his his protection, and he also realizes that uh, he needs to show his softer side to them at the same time. And hmm. I really think like the Reagan era helped this film because um, there was a great article. I think I think Gizmodo might have done it or Io Nine or somebody, but it was um it it was a nice refresher piece of the novel. Because I read the novel, uh, and it is depressing as all hell. <laughs> and it was written during the Carter administration. And the book, the story is not, uh, not Harper's, obviously not uh, directly. The movie's hands down better than the book. That's one of the few times when people say the book's better. Like, no, this one is different. Mm. Um, but this was a detective who was, yeah, World War II pilot. And when he goes to Texas to visit his daughter, yeah, his, the wife, I think, just died of just natural causes and he's visiting his older daughter. So she's a teenager and she works for this company and, they, and uh, the terrorists are actual terrorists. Um, I know people say they're the mob, like the names are weird, but they are actual terrorists. But what they're doing is they're trying to, it's weird. Like there's no, no one's a, no one's a good guy here uh, that these terrorists led by, I think, uh, yeah, Tony Anton Gruber, um, his, his, they use call, they call him like, Somebody, he gave them the black tie or something like that. It was some nickname that he, like, would strain people's ties and then shoot them in the head or something like that. It was something in the book. Uh, but the point was is he was trying to expose Klaxon Company for uh, selling uh, guns and uh, ammunition to uh, this uh, country that was trying to stop a communistic uh, overthrow by the guerrillas. So it's like these terrorists either were hired or just radicalized by these guerrillas in Chile, these communists to expose this company for doing illegal arms sales. And you find out that the whole company was in on it. Like, his daughter knew about it. She was, you know, she's been having, like, apparently, oh, it's really disgusting because it's like, uh, she's been sleeping with and doing coke with Ellis and he says that, like, <laughs> she's lost, like, 50 pounds since he last, like, saw her. So, it's like, she's, he makes it sound like she's really, like, just, like, skin and bones now. Uh... The, the the terrorists are also women. I think the first, it's not Tony he kills. It's a woman in like I remember gray shirt and like camo fatigue pants and a hat. And he does the same thing. And he crushes her neck. And I think he's like he feels bad about it because he's never killed a woman. And then like by the third time he's done it, like the character actually says like I'm starting to get used to this. It's like God, it's so messed up this <laughs> wow. book. Um, there is no there Argyle's in it, but he's not a character really. He just gets him to the to there. Um, he instead, he talks with Powell and he talks with a guy up in the hills who's like, he's kind of like a, yeah, he's kind of like a sort of a doomsday prepper, like bunker guy who uh -huh. like really agrees with all the things that, uh, Malone, I think it is Joe Malone's doing. Um, there is a Dwayne Robinson, um, most of the action beats are similar. 
the wife or his, his daughter, she does get pulled out by by Gruber at the end. Hmm. And when he finds all the documents, he's trying. He start. He tries to start uh, throwing all the documents out and lighting. He's trying to light the building on fire now because now he's trying to protect like the hostages and his daughter's like reputation now because he's like so racked with guilt that like nobody was good like the host like these people are complacent in uh arms deals and like and like black ops like murders they were funding so it's uh really messed up and at the end carl uh does do the same thing where he like sneaks out and tries to kill uh tries to kill malone and uh al pal who's like a rookie cop he's not an old, old mm. veteran he's a rookie cop pushes Dwayne Robinson in front of Malone and he takes the rounds and he gets his, gets blown in half pretty much by the gunfire and then using him as a body shield uh, Powell then kills Carl and then gives oh. Malone a look like we're never going to talk about this and it's God. Wow. and then yeah and then and then Malone, and then Malone talks about how like he's got the number of that flight attendant and he's going to try and call her like while she's still in the city <laughs> it's the worst feeling you'll ever get reading wow. a, a book ba- based on this film, uh, an action film. Man, it, well, I li- yeah, oh, good. I like you were talking so, about. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go, go. What? Oh, I like you were talking about this being a Christmas movie because we get immediately Hans looking around with his flashlight, and we see that container that says "Merry Crit." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. I- and it's got that little like uh, it looks like a little like a little roofy yeah. thing, uh, not roofy, but like a roof kind of shape thing. I'm on the, the M. M. Like I knew little... it. I knew it. So t- yeah. So okay. <laughs> so this is actually like that's fresh paint, right? I mean, that's John McClane was writing that eight seconds ago. That's a, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. what I have in my notes. That's what I oh, mean. Really? Yes. I yeah. mean, they, well, why did it? Why did it stop? Is because John McClane was writing it, and then he heard Hans. And then he up. heard Hans coming up because because I mean funny. the whole point is he's writing these. Uh, it's like Home Alone. Remember, he's doing these little <laughs> gags. Yeah. He's, that is good. Yeah. You know, I didn't think of it because I thought it was. I thought it maybe a construction worker while they're still working on the building, kind of killing thought, time. Yeah. Oh, really? Like the and then he's like, oh. at him. And then it's like, oh, we're breaking for the holiday. He's like, great. Oh. I didn't kill the time with a paint can. I, figured, that's, I mean, that's what I thought, though. Yeah. I thought that's John McClane doing it. And it's fresh. But, and, and there's a, it's yeah. Tommy, you saw the same thing. There's a little hat over the M. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah but, almost like a little sort it's of like a, little, like a, it's a roof. Asian like hut for, or house. Yeah. To land on. See, I, I yeah. think it yeah. actually may have been, I think he could have been writing Merry Christening. <laughs> because you know he's a, you know he's a <laughs> Hans is about to be christened, John McCain's little punk ass chump. <laughs> I don't think it's Merry Christmas. I think it was Merry Christening. Merry Christopher Dennis DeGuardia. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Hans has a mag light. Did you guys have a mag light in the eighties and nineties? I didn't have any uh, light. Yeah. I had no. Lights. I had many one. Yeah. Yeah. This was it was interesting because it was this was the I was reading an article one time about how. This was the flashlight that law enforcement has always preferred to use because it could be used as a baton. Right. Hell yeah. And <laughs> the LAPD in the, in the, I don't remember, like early 2000s actually had this big thing where they said, we're going to go to smaller flashlights because we don't want these to be used as weapons. Oh, interesting. Cool. Oh, really? That's so, they, yeah, they're actually trying to get their officers not to use them as batons. Huh. So That's crazy. So we have Hans that he's wanting to inspect the detonators, and I think... We should now like talk about Hans' plan if McLean was never involved, because uh, now the FBI is involved. We should um, talk about that Hans's A game. Uh-huh. Uh, so, all right. So Hans and the guys they come in, kill the security, t- 
take over the security, the elevators, uh, same thing we see in the beginning, control the hostages. Okay, now the next thing they do is they take Takagi up and they try to get the information out of him. Um, whether he does it or not, it does not matter in the long term. That bet they make in the beginning of it, if he's going to give the information up, it really doesn't matter because uh, the beauty of it, of his horrific plan, is that Hans is going to kill all these people anyway. There is going to be no witnesses. So whether or not Takagi gives the information or not, they, they could take him back to the hostages. It doesn't matter. Uh, actually, no, they probably would kill him. Now that I think about it, they don't want him telling anyone it's a robbery, but then it doesn't matter. They're going to kill anyone. Uh, so they essentially kill time. The police do not know it yet. So they're going to kill as much time as they can getting into the vault. That that they the EMP or the, not the EMP but the electromagnetic thing will go down. That's when they're going to call the police and they're going to say that we're the terrorists taking over and they're going <clears> to <throat> Hans will give his manifesto. FBI will get involved saying it's a hostage. They'll turn the power off. They get the safes open and then they do the uh, they said the roof exchange. Now he doesn't know obviously that the the, the gray hat uh, FBI agents who do not care about hostages and losing percentages are going to come with gunships, but. As he says near the end, they're going to blow the roof and they're going to kill everyone. And by the time everyone notices, uh, they're going to be sipping, you know, on a beach. So, yeah. so it's very important to like know when you know that the reason he's checking these detonators is this is the focal point of his plan. Because if he does not blow this roof and kill everyone, <laughs> that that there's going because I said they're going to be looking at this for a long time. And for I, I still think that like. Once, one, even after they blew the roof, I think they would, they would, if they weren't stopped by John, I think they would have um, closed that safe up. I think they would have closed the vault and taken all the equipment down or something with them, um, mm -hmm. or or at least hid in the drill. Because I think they would have stalled for as much time as possible for before like any tax lawyers or like Nakatomi sends their own personal investigators over to like open up the vault and see it was robbed. I think like he needs as much time as possible to get out. So that um, that's where that's where John is the the fly in the ointment comes in at. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. what are I mean? I've I, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. What I I've never followed. Like he's he gets up to up uh, up here. He doesn't put his gun in his pocket for one thing. That's weird. Why yeah, he I, that was one of my notes. Is, he doesn't I mean, want to crinkle this, the suit. This guy is well, yeah, but he's a hardened mercenary. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? He should he, have a holster. Yeah, he, he should have is a holster. He, like I was. Is he? I was wondering. Like, is this? Because he's obviously, they've got a lot of money. For one thing, I was looking at yeah. this gun that Bruce Willis takes from them. According to the Internet Movie Firearms Database, is a Heckler & Coke HK-94, which in the late 70s and early 80s was the Rolls Royce of submachine guns. HK, so yeah, HKs are reliable. Yeah, so these guys are spending a ton of money. And so have yeah. they just been doing lots of jobs? Like, is this... If, are they Have they been doing this for a while? Is he a hired mercenary? Or was he like a business guy? And they're like, you know what? I'm gonna try crime. Yeah, I think either way, he's not usually like the, the the trigger man. He's not the he's not the muscle. He's well, he, he's yeah. The, yeah. I, should, I don't well, know. No, sure. He, he was a gun in his pocket. Yeah, he was part of a <clears throat> of a a Western German radical movement, but he left. That's the whole point. Is they say like that the the communique from that group said he left. But did, so did he leave yeah, to he go definitely in, found did he go into accounting. <laughs> well, that's kind I of mean, the vibe, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean the best thing I think of is yeah they must have robbed they must have robbed like a, the German a, a German armory at some point to have those weapons in the late eighties. Uh, that's it's the only that's the only way to do it because yeah I think German got the probably the German 
government or the army is probably the only one that has them at that time. Because I think, yeah, Britain, I'm trying to think what Britain was using. I just remember Britain made a couple guns and the guns didn't work and they gave them to Hetchel and Coke and were like, can you fix our guns? And then Hetchel and Coke was like, yeah, we'll fix your fucking guns. And, Damn, I did it again. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> and then sent them the guns back. So it's like these, so Germany definitely, uh, yeah, had, uh, I think, really a lot of rights or uh, the army's own had a gun. So maybe they never reported them. Maybe they're too. In this storyline, they were like, oh, shoot, we shouldn't say the terrorists stole our guns. It's going to look bad right now on the uh, on the world playbook. Is like, I mean, the, the, the wall's still up right the now. Whole, the, the whole irony is that the fact that he is unarmed, that Hans is unarmed, is exactly mm. why uh, John McClane believes that he's one of the hostages. Does well, he? Well, well, that's a whole different thing that we should discuss and might come up. It's a in, whole different minute. Yeah, it's a whole different minute. Yeah. But, but at least from the, the point of view of the, of the audience, that's what uh -huh. you think is going on. Maybe there's the old slipperuski, the, you know, mm -hmm. the, what is it, left, right, 87 skidoo. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, that, that's, that's what we're thinking. I mean, if he d just had his gun in his, in his hand or whatever – if he hadn't right, put right. it down where it was out of sight, I mean, then he he yeah. actually, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, would have lost his life. I, well, this has me wondering, though. I, like, I was wondering, how long has John McClane been watching him here? You know, because he, like, he looks up mm, there and he gets yeah. that great uh, lens flare that Tom loves so much. That's a really... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And, and, then he, and then he jumps down and you, see, you just see John McClane's bare feet. And I was wondering how long has he been watching? Like, did he see him looking where the detonators wow. were? Does he is McLean know yeah, right yeah. off the bat, or is he just suspect that maybe this is Hans? Maybe it's not. Well, you think that actually makes a lot of sense. That's actually really obvious. That of course, from the from the you know this minute ends with him you know holding a gun on on Hans after he drops that down to the floor and yeah, the way it plays out, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, he was watching him, and he did see him. You know, snooping around like that. My my question for before is, what are those those are those wires where the detonators are supposed to be? Yeah, they're not complete. That's the whole situation. It's, the detonators okay. are not installed. He's disappointed that the he's very angry because this is after both the SWAT assault that that John blew up the building, and this is after Ellis execution. So mm. yeah, so so uh, both they're both angry at each other. Uh, for getting in the way of their plans twice now. And mm. the, the best thing I can think of why John's up here is John doesn't want to be up here because last time he was up here, Carl was up here. So I don't know personally why he, he's up here. And I know he doesn't want to be here. Uh, we're going to find out in the next minute. But I, 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 the only thing I think of is he's doing, he must be doing some kind of patrol because he's on, I think it's level 33 or 34 is the is the computer room which I call which I I, I guess I could call it his safe floor because the terrorists mm -hmm. have never they never patrol there so he's like right. he hangs out there he smokes his cigarettes and he talks to Al and then uh -huh. once in a while he goes back to the construction floor where he kill Tony and he uh, you know eats a, a, a Twinkie so it's like he's <laughs> like doing these uh, patrols to like make sure he doesn't stay at one place at any point. So well, I, I guess I mean, it must I, just I, been a, a I guess if it, I with my theory he's writing Merry Christening. And then he hears <laughs> yeah. a noise, disappears, like goes up into the rafters. And then you're right; he watches Hans do this whole thing, uh -huh. and then and then I pretends mean, not to I, know him, I guess. Yeah. But we don't know that. Yeah. I, I mean, as the audience right. member, I I just assume he yeah. just now drops down. Which I mean, one of the things I love is his dirty bare feet are fantastic. 
because yeah. it's like you have this homegrown ad hoc cowboy. So it's you know, it's 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 visually jarring in in the middle of the uh-huh. scene, which is otherwise sterile, steel, gray, industrial mm-hmm. environment. And uh, you know, it's what I liked about it is. At the, you know the entire barefoot thing is is set up at the beginning of the movie, right? Take mm-hmm. your shoes off, make a you know, make a fist with your fist feet with your on toes. The, yeah, on, on the car. So that's actually yeah. what he's doing, and he shows uh-huh. up. It's it's a it's it's a really interesting um, way to have John introduced here to to Hans this way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what's the other notes I have here? Oh. Two things I, I know is that uh, McTiernan talked about was he I think he shot had this shot on Panavision because he wanted to maximize the lens flares. He wanted more <laughs> like he he honestly he wanted like lens flares, legit uh-huh. ones before J.J. Abrams put them in uh, digitally. And he told Dubont that um he kind of wanted he's like the uh, Dubont said there's not enough motion in these scenes. It was just a guy moving around vents. Uh, so he added he had a bunch of just like steam. So they just they just got a bunch of machines that make steam and just blew them everywhere to kind of like <laughs> obscure a lot of the roof and a lot of the things. So it kind of felt like more movement was happening than uh, that. But maybe it's like he puts maybe because he has he's, he's got two things in his hands. He's got to put down the flashlights too heavy, and so maybe I guess he's already there. It's like oh, I'll just put the gun here too next to it. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can think of is out of convenience mm-hmm. for his hands. He's like I got to climb up here right now. I got to put my flashlight. Oh, I'll just put the gun here and I'll be you know look at uh-huh. the detonators. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's beautiful, beautiful shine shoes and a suit meets scrubby, dirty feet. Yeah, the meaning of yeah. worlds. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 actually it's actually brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. What what are the um you know what's what's the mist coming out of the vents? Is that uh, evil signifiers? <laughs> Isn't that what that is? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, evil yeah it's the evil duct, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even. Where exactly are they? Right below the roof. But what? What is? Yeah. It, it, what? What is that? The the. I would assume. Duct? I would. <laughs> assu- yeah. I mean, I would assume. I guess that these are. Yeah, these are some kind of. Uh, like the sta- um, the stairway right up to like the stairwell going up to the roof. Maybe it's some kind of power plant that runs the elevators. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. yeah. It's. Yeah, I, I think actually that could make sense because there is a, the other room where he fights Carl. That's mm-hmm. the actual stairs next to them. Right, it goes right to the roof because the hostages run right down there, and um, and that's yeah, that's where John he immediately runs up there and shoots his way up to the roof. So this is a, a, a very close room um, to where uh, yeah to to the roof. But yeah, it's not the exact roof, but it's it must be. Uh, directly just under the helipad if that's where the detonators the detonators would mm. go huh i guess so yeah well um, we're gonna have to see yeah well but does anybody else have anything uh for a minute 91 no i'm good because yeah. we gotta we're already we're, we're creeping into 92 with all our McLean oh, theorizing and stuff <laughs> oh yeah um but that's cool um well listen everybody should come back tomorrow Good. For minute ninety two, we'll find out what these guys are up to, what all this, uh, all this uh, back and forth is, all these guns and all these naked feet. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, in the meantime, 
<laughs> yeah. If uh, you want to follow the show, please follow us over on Twitter at Die Hard Minute, uh, Facebook, Die Hard with a Podcast Listeners Limo. That's our uh, group over there where you can hang out with us. Um, or you can go to DieHardMinute.com. That's the main uh, website. And of course, you can always find Indiana Jones Minute and all those other shows like uh, Five Minutes of Mystery uh, over at MoviesByMinute.com. For more information about all those shows. Woo. Movies by Minutes um, but with please, You know, it is Minutes with an S, isn't it? It was yeah, written I, here. I, I it. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please come back tomorrow for Minute 92 of Die Hard here on the Die Hard Minute. Yay! Not anymore. Merry Christmas. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say it. Come on. Let's hear your best. That was Not anymore. <laughs> Tommy. I got you for two weeks. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's breakfast club. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me you got that. I got it. I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5. <laughs>